Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Fry Comedy, and today I want to talk about uh, gratitude. You know, I've spoke before about having an attitude of gratitude, Well, I kind of want to take that one step further and talk about uh, the things in my life that I'm grateful for and the things in my life uh, that uh, give me uh, peace and comfort and joy, uh, because I think these days... You know, regular folks, regular working class people are getting the shit into the stick, you guys. And uh, there's no other way to say it. And so how do you maintain uh, your composure and your happiness uh, despite the fact that you have to make uh, certain concessions in life? You know, if you don't have the money, you know, you have to rent instead of buy a house, etc., etc., etc. And so um, uh, being broke, uh, you know, working a regular Joe job can be awfully taxing. So I just want to give you guys sort of my free-form thoughts about what it is in my life that keeps me happy and how I was able to turn uh, several years of frustration and anger into uh, an attitude of peace and gratitude. So that's what this is about. Uh, So grab yourself a beverage and a snack and get yourself comfortable and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And uh, today I wanted to, uh, first, I wanted to apologize for my last recording. Um, I, I had to purchase a new computer because, um, well, thankfully for the stimulus check, I, I was able to. Um, but I had to buy a new computer because my old computer uh, was no longer getting... Uh, updates. And uh, so it was just about time I had bought that computer used even. And so I bet the computer itself was probably a 2007, 2008 model. It was a Lenovo Think Center. And uh, I just upgraded to this uh, Dell G5 gaming computer. And while I'm not a gamer, uh, it seems to work really well for, uh, you know, video and audio processing. As, and that's what I do a lot of. Um, but that got me thinking between, uh, you know, you know, getting my new stereo sound system and getting my new um, uh, computer. Uh, a lot of people on social media think, oh, wow, this guy must be rich and famous and he just must be made out of money now. Uh, no, that's entirely not the case. Uh, you know, Rebecca and I were regular working people. We are not rich. We're not even we're, we're not even out of the poverty level. <laughs> okay, so so I just want you guys to understand that, um, you know, what I'm doing here at Chef Bright Comedy uh, is for regular people, by regular people. Um, I am not wealthy uh, in any stretch of the word. Um, but, you know, this last year with the pandemic, it has afforded us uh, sort of the ability to get ahead for once. You know, um, we we've been pretty much, we're that, poster with the cat that hangs, you know, uh, and it says, hang in there, you know, we're that poster at the dentist's office. <laughs> That's us. We've been hanging in there for, you know, 12 years together. Um, and, and we knew it was going to be a challenge, but we, we just had no idea it would be this challenging. And so finally, here we are, um, you know, when I finally lost my mind and decided to go be a comedian and a podcaster, everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, but you know, in the last few years I've gone from that seemed like the weird thing to do to now it makes actually more sense than doing, uh, the other thing, which is to go off and get a regular job. You know, um, I I have nothing against regular jobs. In fact, I am for the regular working people. That's what I advocate for. That's a part of my, of, 
my mission is to to bring about uh, empowerment and clarity and purpose to those regular folks that are working regular jobs who who might just feel disenfranchised to feel like they're having a hard time keeping up they're having a hard time uh you know finding hope uh and just having a fi- hard time finding their voice in a society that's you know swallowing them up uh because it's just becoming all too big and impersonal you know and so i would like to think that i am just like you i'm a regular working guy uh, and, and so that brings me to my topic today. Um, today I wanted to talk really just about how grateful I am and why I am the way I am, you know, because I could very easily turn this into some vanity project and, and use my, you know, uh, deepest buttery voice to, uh, you know, try to dazzle you guys into submission with my, with my greatness. But no, guys, you know, I'm just a regular person and, um, when I, uh, uh, you know, moved up here to Oregon, you know, soon after I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And since then, I've had issues with chronic pain and flu-like symptoms and uh, lots of uh, chronic fatigue. Um, and yet I've, you know, I'm also a fitness runner. And so I'm trying very hard at, my, at 47 years of age to balance this fine line between, um, you know, health and fitness and um, having a little bit of fun, you know, and, and that's a hard thing to do when you get to my age because your body doesn't, you know, react the way it used to. You're not full of energy like you used to. And so today's episode is about uh, what I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for it, because I, I think we're in a society that's we finally reached the, the pinnacle of decadence, if you will, where uh, human beings, we, we've almost maximized our our uh, human potential, if you will, you know, in terms of technological advancement, in terms of um, uh, socioeconomics, we are now, uh, you know, kind of reaching that precipice of we will get more advanced over time, but we're kind of at a point now where we're not going to get leaps and bounds further. We're probably not going to turn into Star Trek in the next 50 years, you know, um, more likely than not what we're going to become is a society that relies more and more on robotics and animation, or automation rather, excuse me, uh, and and less and less on on manual labor, and 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 so we're we're living in this weird time, this weird uh, time before technology takes off uh, in a real you know futuristic way, and and a time where we're we're still quite advanced, um, but we're still very much doing things sort of the old fashioned way. You can't. You can't replace good old fashioned human beings, uh, you know, at the helm, you know. And um, but I'm I, I just wanted to kind of go into what I'm grateful for, because, you know, after having a series of migraines this week um, and having some audio issues on my last podcast and uh, just dealing with a lot of rude and uh, unkind people on social media. And that's not to say that you know, most of you guys are great. Most of you guys are fine. And. I love you for it, and I thank you for for all of that. Um, so don't don't consider yourself. I'm not trying to pick on all of my audience. Most of you guys are great, but there's that small marginal few who just uh, don't know how to get right. They don't know how to behave themselves. You know, uh, the internet provides uh, anonymity and uh, you know strength uh, where you know people just I don't know. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're not nice people. Maybe. 
Maybe they're sociopaths. I don't know. You, you can't judge what a person's going through just by them attacking you online. And so, you know, it's, it's, it puts you in that tenuous position where you want to help them and you want to explain to them who you are and, and, and like, Hey guy, I'm a, I'm an EMT firefighter. I'm a, you know, former veteran, you know, uh, you know, I'm here to help regular folk and, uh, here you are shitting on me. So, okay, good for you. Um, you know, you kind of want to explain yourself to those kind of people, but those kind of people, like I said, you know, they're, they're, you're not going to reach everybody, you know, and not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to behave themselves and be nice and kind because everybody is living on this earth, uh, you know, for their own reasons, you know, uh, good or bad, you know, and so I try to just try to help the people that I can help, you know, and that's usually just the regular working class folk who, um, aren't particularly fancy. Um, but they've got hearts of gold and they have good intentions and they're just trying to keep above water. You know, that's what most of us are doing. You know, most of us are like a couple paychecks away from total financial ruin and total homelessness. And so, you know, I, I want to uh, help regular people uh, try to make sense of the world and you can find clarity. But, but more than that, find a robust way of life. And so I kind of wanted to give you guys a little uh, summation of what makes me happy and what makes me content and, and, and all that, because I, I think a lot of people think, Oh, he's so positive. He must, he just must really have this great life. Uh, and the truth is no, um, you know, I don't have a terribly, uh, you know, easy life. Um, but it, it has gotten better uh, now that I'm figuring out wh- who I want to be and what I enjoy doing. Um, it's only a matter of time now where hopefully, uh, this, this whole podcast takes off and my, my comedy takes off and blah, blah, blah. Everything hopefully over time will, uh, get better, uh, and, and hopefully more, um, financially lucrative because right now I don't make any money doing this. You know, I am looking for sponsors, but until you start getting more views, uh, that takes time, you know, and so I just, I, I, I think about putting out quality content every single day. Uh, and, and hopefully over time, uh, as people start to catch on, uh, you know, hopefully people will want to help me out. Um, because that's what I'm not about just promoting myself and my comedy. I'm here to also promote, um, you know, goodness and kindness and thoughtfulness and, you know, just, uh, making, uh, life make more sense for regular people. Uh, the human condition, uh, can be brutal, especially as you get older. And so, let me just kind of, uh, you know, go into the, some of the things that I'm grateful for. Um, so we moved to Oregon about six years ago, and uh, I've had a number of jobs here, including Lowe's. Lowe's was my uh, longest job that I had here, and then I had a handful of other jobs, and some weren't so great, and some were complete misstarts. You get there, and the people are like, uh awful and you just leave in the first week and you know that happens you know because you're trying to find a good fit for you and we live in a world now where not everybody cares about being nice to us so you know it gets harder and harder uh when you have evolved sensibilities to find a place that suits you that feels quality that people you know uh you know behave themselves and and treat you with class and dignity uh, but but moving here to Oregon has been tough because it's not, you know, we're, we're kind of in a small town and, uh, you know, a lot of people, when they think of, uh, Portland, 
you know, you're, or excuse me, they think of Oregon, they think of Portland. And while we are only an hour and a half away, uh, you know, we don't really have the same, uh, culture as Portland, but we're not in the sticks either, you know? So it's kind of this weird place where it's small enough to be very conservative, but there's a major college right next door in Corvallis and, um, and, and, and it's very liberal there and it's kind of conservative here. And so it's kind of weird in that way, you know? Um, but, but see, the thing is, is I, I don't have a problem with conservative culture. What I have a problem with is, is the Fox news agenda, you know, and, and that is tricking people into thinking that everything that is bad for them is good for them. And everything that is good for them is bad for them. And, uh, I, w- I won't go into that today because, I'm probably going to dedicate an entire episode to that, but, um, but no, what I'm grateful for though, is that, you know, we found this place, um, we were paying rent down in California and it was outrageous. And we, we, we had lived up here previously. We were in the Portland area before. And, uh, when our lease was up, we kind of got homesick and we went back to California and then we lived down there for a year and that was the year that I worked for a radio station. And that was the year where I, I really got the bug uh, for working uh, voice work, you know. Um, but it was hard because I wasn't getting enough hours. And uh, a lot of the, the established DJs uh, really had no interest in, in helping me out and helping me get ahead. Uh, and so I took what I could get and uh, I did mostly radio promotions. Uh, I did a lot of um, uh, technical oriented work. Uh, working the background behind the scenes for radios. Uh, we did a lot of uh, live remotes and I set up most of the audio equipment uh, and, and all of that for the DJs. Got everything set up for them uh, to make their jobs and lives easier. And so that's really what I did. But I also had friends that worked for the station and uh, I was able to work, uh, you know, uh, voice work uh, a number of times. Uh, and while it wasn't my main job, I really got uh, to like it and to love it. And it really gave me the bug for voice work. Um, and so that's, that was the good thing about that, but yeah, it was getting too expensive. Um, and so we came up here to Oregon and we bought a mobile home and, uh, it's an older mobile home and we got it for, you know, 20,000 and now it's worth probably 40 or 50,000 because of inflation. And, you know, we've, we've, we, you know, we do what we can to upkeep it and whatnot, but we can't do a lot of major stuff. Um, but, my point is, is that I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we found a place up here uh, that that feels like our own. And, and even though we pay space rent, uh, it doesn't. We don't have a, you know, we're not sharing a wall with neighbors like in an apartment, you know. And I'm very grateful for that because when we were living uh, in Vancouver, Washington, which is just across the river from Portland, Oregon, uh, we had a nice place. It was a nice little apartment, but um, it was very very corporate and it felt very, um, yeah, it's just constantly, you felt like, uh, they, they were, you know, telling you what to do and how to do it. And it just felt very corporate and very, um, you know, hum, uh, just very, what's that word? Uh, it, it felt very, uh, sterile and, and not very authentic. It just felt like corporate, you know? And, um, and while it was a nice place, um, and we had an okay time there, uh, after the year was up, we realized that we were homesick. A lot of it had to do with just not being used to the Oregon weather. And now that we're used to the weather here, um, I'm thankful for Oregon because, um, I've met a handful of friends 
And um, while there are some, uh, you know, jerky people here, as in anywhere, uh, most people here are pretty down to earth. And, and that's one thing you don't, you know, realize when you're in California is just how, um, you know, arrogant and, and full of itself it can be. People down there, you know, some of them have money. Uh, a lot of them, you know, were raised, uh, you know, with with more than most, you know, and and as a result, uh, people get, uh, you know, a, a little bit. Um, I don't want to say arrogant because not there's a lot of very nice people down there as well. Um, uh, but people can get just very mean and rude. You get a lot of people, uh, just drivers who want to run you off the road and. They're flipping you off because you're going too slow for their liking. And you just get a lot of attitude down there because it's a, you know, it's a beach community and you get a lot of upper middle class folks and you get these kids who, you know, were just born into, into wealth. And so they don't understand uh, the value of a dollar. They don't understand hard work. And so um, there's a lot of attitude down there. That being said, there's a lot of really nice people down there and I miss them. And if I, if I had a choice, I would probably live down there still if money wasn't an issue. That being said, being here opens me up to opportunities that I don't think I could have ever had down there as a chef because I might be able to save money and start a restaurant here. It might cost a little bit, but not nearly as much as being in California because in California, you would have to be literally a millionaire to open a restaurant. And if you have a million bucks in your wallet, do you really want to waste that million dollars? I think you'd be better off just saving your money and investing in, uh, you know, uh, stock and, uh, letting that money uh, accumulate into interest and, 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 and then just living, uh, modestly, you know, that's what you would do if you had a million dollars. And so becoming a chef would be kind of a, a risky thing to do if you had a million dollars to spend, on just a restaurant, but you know, there's folks down there who've got multiple millions and they decide to start restaurants and that's what they do. Um, but, but yeah, being grateful, I'm, I'm grateful to live here because while it's not perfect, um, I've met a handful of really down to earth people and, uh, people like Mark and people like Evan who just moved back from, uh, I, uh, Iowa and, uh, you know, he's doing really good. And, and, and so there's a handful of people. Oh, and Michael, uh, uh some of these guys are going to be, uh, guests on the show in previous weeks, but, uh, yeah, I, Oregon has been okay to me. It's just that, um, if you're looking, uh, for a, a career in a smaller town like this, um, you don't always find it, you know, and that's the one thing that I would say is that while Portland can be sophisticated, um, out here, in small town, uh, rural, uh, Oregon, it's just not very sophisticated. And while I like that in some respects, because I don't like a bunch of, you know, you know, overly, you know, fancy nonsense, you know, hoity toity. Um, you, you want there to be, uh, opportunities and you want there to be an infrastructure that will allow you to find opportunities. You know, that being said, um, now that I'm doing this, um, I'm very happy to be in Oregon because it allows me the, the relaxed, uh, lifestyle that I need, especially with someone who has a, a, a pain condition. So I just wanted to say thank you, uh, Oregon. Thank you to, uh, the Willamette Valley for, um, you know, while there are some jerky people sometimes, most people here 
are uh, very down to earth and very um, relaxed, even, you know, political differences. Nobody's yelling at each other. You do get the Trump guys with their Trump flags and driving down the street in their big monster trucks and shit. Uh, but nobody fucks with them and they don't fuck with anybody. You know, it's like to each their own. You have your opinions. I disagree with those opinions, but hey, that's all right. Nobody's fighting in the streets. And uh, and so that's what I've noticed about Oregon. And in the six years I've been here, I have not had one. Well, that's not true. I had one altercation and that was with a rude person, a rude guy in the grocery store. But for the most part, uh, very seldom do I run into altercations and, and in California, you're, you're lucky, you know, you probably run, get in an altercation with someone, at least them flipping you off, you know, or something once a week. You know, when I went down there on vacation in 2019, uh, I had four altercations, not nothing I started, but just people being rude to you, people saying or doing something that is not cool, bro. You know what I mean? Um, and so California can be a little bit full of itself and it can be a little bit faster paced and just a little bit more sophisticated. Um, but with that, you also get the arrogance and the attitudes. But like I said, not from everybody, only from a select few that, you know, haven't haven't grown up, haven't learned their lesson. So that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to Oregon because there's beautiful uh, places to go. Uh, we have waterfalls. We have hiking places to go. Um, we, we go hiking at Silver Falls. We go hike, we go to the coast at, in Newport. Uh, we go up to, um, uh, there, there's just so many places. I mean, uh, Detroit Lake, uh, but, but the beauty is unparalleled. Um, but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of infrastructure. And so you really have to find a way to be okay with regular working life if you you know, if you're a cashier or something like that, you can find work here. But if you're not into that kind of thing and you might have to find retail work or something to get by until you find something else. And that's not to say that there aren't things here, but you, you know, you, you have to be here a while to really start tapping into what what's around and what you can get into. And so I would just say, you know, um, if you're from Oregon, uh, I love you. Uh, most of you guys have treated me very well, uh, despite the fact that I'm from California. Um, but I think a lot of people, you know, they want to hate on us from California, but at the end of the day, most of them don't, especially if they don't know, um, they treat you pretty well. And I, and I appreciate that Oregon, um, because honestly, I don't think I would have the, um, the quiet life that I have without being here, you know, because living on the central coast was, hard boy, you know, you're working, 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 trying to make that rent every month. And, uh, you just going constantly. And then on your days off, you feel pressure to go here and go there and do this and do that. And there's a ton of cyclists down there and everybody lifts weights and everybody's into their fitness. And so it really <clears throat> pressures you to feel like you have to, you know, fit in. And if you don't fit in, uh, you know, you can feel ostracized, you can feel alienated, you can feel, you know, sort of, uh, alone. Um, but that being said, I have a handful of friends down there that are so absolutely good to me. James Buxton, Jim Prostovich, Ken Graham, Craig Hill, and the list goes on and on and on and on. You guys have been terrific, uh, especially now that we're all older and we've grown out of our bullshit. Uh, being older really does set your mind right. And uh, yeah, I'm just very thankful uh, that I got a chance to live there and got a good education there. Um, but, but now what you're finding is that the whole country is, 
a little bit screwball, you know, there's not a lot of good jobs anywhere. And so you, this really is um, a gig economy where you have to find your own thing and, and whatever you're good at, get into it and, uh, you know, hope for the best because yeah, there's just not a lot of consistency anymore in our workforce. But that being said, I want to move on uh, to more things that I'm grateful for. Uh, so as a lot of you guys know, uh, we're, Rebecca and I are into the paranormal and a lot of people think, oh, that's silly and whatever. But he, the thing of it is, is that what we love about the paranormal is that, you know, there's so much to like about it. It's so interesting and it's so creepy and it's so weird. And and when you get sick and tired of being around people all the time and you get si- tired of all the rudeness and the lacking of of courtesy and kindness. Um, that's not to say there aren't good people out there, but society as a whole uh, is 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 hard to deal with, you know. Especially when you get older, especially when you get more set in your ways, and especially when you're you reach the age of reason, where you can't be talked down, you can't be changed. I like who I am. I like the way I am, and uh, while I I can and do grow in many ways. Uh, I don't need other people judging me. I don't need other people telling me how to live my life. And so, you know, it gets harder when you get older to um, just sort of be respected for who you are. Very few people out there um, know how to just let and let live, you know, live and let live, you know, because uh, for whatever reason, everybody's got a, a, a some kind of issue and they're taking issue with each other, keyboard warriors going off in each other. And um, I just find the whole thing ridiculous. That's why I try to stay off of uh, social media, especially lately. Uh, I've, ha- I've had a mostly good re- positive reception for most of you guys. And believe me, I, I love you for that. Um, but there's just a handful of people that just um, are looking to exploit you, looking to put you down, looking to uh, disagree with you and be disagreeable. And I just, I'm, 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 I'm 47 years old. I'm a veteran. Uh, I just don't need your fucking opinion. Thank you. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, that's, you just get to that age where you, you know what you know and you like what you like. And uh, Rebecca and I, we like the paranormal because, it. first of all, it doesn't remind us of anything about the re- regular world. You know, regular life is hustle, bustle, go, go, go. And uh, Rebecca and I don't care about, um, you know, image. We don't care about lifestyle. Um, we have a lifestyle, but but it's it's one that, you know, we try to stay healthy and we try to stay fit, but we're not image oriented people. So you don't see a lot of selfies of me going, Hey man, look how buff I am, you know, because I don't care. Like I am kind of sort of buff, you know, and I could be that guy. Um, and maybe I would even get more followers if I showed everybody how quote unquote sexy I am. Uh, but the truth is, is that I'm a humble person. I don't care about that anymore. You know, I'm married, uh, I try to stay as, as fit as, as my body will allow, given my uh, fibromyalgia. And uh, that's that's about it, you know. I, I try to make incremental improvements in my life, you know. I drink my apple cider vinegar. I, uh, you know, I exercise, uh, you know, usually two to three runs per week. And uh, I, while I haven't been great at weightlifting lately, uh, I'm trying to get two full body workouts per week. And uh, I'll get there, you know. It's just I'm a work in progress. I've had a lot of migraines lately. But, uh, yeah, so we're we're grateful for the paranormal. We're grateful for the paranormal world. Uh, it's a small uh, community of, of people that just 
absolutely love uh, the weird and the, the wicked. Um, and, and it's just fun to explore because you start to see a lot of patterns and you start to understand what that is. And, and it's so weird. I mean, uh, you know, my house here, knock on wood, is not haunted. Um, as an empath, I'd probably know it. Um, but houses that are haunted are, are uh, strange and unusual. And if you guys, uh, watch like we do, uh, Kent over there on, um, uh, uh, Ghosts of Carmel, Maine, boy, that house is haunted and it's extra haunted. And he, he catches more stuff than I've ever seen. And it's easy to say, oh, it's probably fake then. I don't think Kent, if you, if you saw Kent, you would see that he's old school. I don't, I don't think he's, spoofing all this i don't think that's the case uh, it would take more effort to hoax all that than than to not you know so I, I i tend to believe that what he's experiencing is absolutely real and uh i'm just thankful to to, to continue uh talking about what i love um and and so that brings me to one of my other loves uh lately i've been uh you know i i consider i don't like the word audiophile um it usually denotes a tone of superiority and elitism. Um, but for me, I just like good high fidelity, good high fidelity sound. Um, and so I've been getting lately into, um, you know, I had to buy new computer speakers uh, in order to do my editing for this podcast. And uh, it's the Klipsch uh, THX uh, computer speakers. It came with a subwoofer. And it was only $89. And while a lot of people out there like to hate on Klipsch, um, I think the reason why they hate on Klipsch is because they used to be kind of a smaller, more boutique company. And then as they got bigger, they got more into uh, mass production. Their build qualities got, you know, some of some of their build qualities got, uh, you know, uh, less quality. Um, but, but pound for pound, when you think about the detail and the clarity of their speakers, um, you really can't go wrong. And especially nowadays, they're having a 50% off sale. So lately, I've been getting into, you know, uh, my my audio love. And that includes uh, headphones. I've got three. Uh, how many pair do I have now? Yeah, one, two, three. I have four pair now. Um, but I don't like spending a lot of money. So um, I, I wear these Sennheisers, the 280s that Joe Rogan uses. Um, they're perfect for my needs for, for monitoring when you're doing um, podcast work and editing. Uh, and then I've got uh, these uh, Philips SHP 9500s. These are what are considered a open back uh, headphone. And um, unlike other headphones that are considered closed back, um, they don't, they literally don't have a back. And so you can hear sound coming out of them. So they're not good for podcasting. But I, I used them last night when um, because Rebecca went up to Portland to visit her sister today. Uh, her sister recently moved up here from uh, California. And so she's up there visiting her sister and having a good time. They went to Ikea and they they, they ate at some vegan restaurant. You know, you know how they do. Um, but she's having a good time right now. And so I'm wishing her well. Um, I don't like when she goes off by herself without me. But, you know, I got to, you know. I got to let her do what she wants to do, you know, but I, I worry about her safety. So, so everybody, you know, wish her well, wish her a safe trip back. Um, but she's up there in Portland. Um, and, um, what was my point? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, it's one of those days. Oh, so last night, because she had to go to bed early, 
um, I put in my headphones with this uh, long uh, cord and I listened to some music and I listened to some TV uh, on YouTube. I have YouTube premium because uh, I hate commercials. And so, uh, yeah, we were watching. Uh, I listened to a lot of like uh, Christopher Lawrence, which is like trance. And boy, the sound quality was good. And what I really liked about those uh, open back speakers is the fact that with a closed back, you get a very tight, specific sound. What it does, is it really opens up the sound stage. Sounds much bigger than it is when it's not, um, you know, uh, holding all that sound in. It has a, a different sound and feel to it. it and it kind of opens up the sound stage. It feels bigger than it actually is. And so I really enjoy that. And that's why I, I go on YouTube and I, I watch a lot of these audio files or some refer to themselves as former audio files. There's one that I watch a lot uh, about headphones. Uh, Josh Valour uh, is a good one. Um, uh, this this new this guy that does hi-fi audio is um, what's his name? Robinson uh, Andrew Robinson. Anyway, he does a lot of YouTube videos. He he calls himself a, for, a recovering audiophile because uh, you pick up a lot of uh, funny uh, you know. Uh, thoughts and patterns when you become an audiophile that you can't use this and you can't do that. And there's a lot of can'ts, you know, and, and every, it's all about perfection and always using the best and spending the most amount of money. And so what he's doing is he's, he's, he calls himself a recovering audiophile and he kind of shows people that you can still get really great sound uh, without having to spend an arm and a leg. And now that's not to say that you can't spend more money if you want to, but uh, that's why I, you know, I just put together my new sound system. Uh, my the first time ever that I've ever had, because uh, I usually use a soundbar, and I bought a soundbar, and then to replace that soundbar, I went up to a three hundred dollar soundbar, um, and it had uh, uh, two back speakers that are plugged into a subwoofer and uh, through RCA jacks, so the sound really was not very clear. It was sort of like a kind of the sound was there, but it, but you couldn't tell what it was. It was like almost like, eh, here's some sound in the back, you know. And so um, after a while, I started realizing that these quote unquote Atmos Dolby Atmos soundbar really did not produce Atmos sound. Um, and very rarely, there's a little light that turns on a certain color when it's supposed to be an Atmos, and uh, it, it I rarely ever saw it turn to that color. And so I don't think that this soundbar. I think it. It barely qualified for Atmos, and when I watched Atmos movies like uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, I just couldn't get um, I couldn't get it to to um, reproduce the sound correctly, and I couldn't get Atmos to stay on. And so finally, I was like, "Well, I really didn't want to do this because I, I I didn't want to have to wire speakers and run it under the carpet and run it you know up under the uh, ceiling and all that." Um, but I finally broke down and did it. And I did it in a way that I'm very proud of. You know, uh, I, I was lucky enough to have bought the Klipsch reference theater pack. Uh, and and uh, that is usually goes for like a thousand dollars, but it's always on sale nowadays. But it's running now between like three hundred and seventy nine dollars to like four seventy nine, something like that. And um, I got really, really lucky where uh uh, Amazon screwed up my order and blah, 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 long story, but I got it for free. So when I did that, that's, that's what prompted me, you know, to learn more about it. I started learning about what's called, um, front presence. That's your, because all a, a 5.1 or a 7.1 setup, you have, you know, usually 
two back speakers, uh, two uh, ceiling or side speakers, and then you've got your two front speakers and then your center channel. And then, of course, the subwoofer. And that's usually a 7.1 setup. Uh, in my case, I decided I heard that you need a, a big, strong front presence. And that's your center channel and your right and left. And so what I learned is that uh, I could buy two uh, left and right speakers instead of these small ones that came with the theater pack. And then what I did is I I demoted those guys to become uh, satellite surround speakers. And then I bought these uh, Klipsch M41 uh, speakers uh, that are kind of tiny. They're just little bookshelf speakers, but they're ported in the back. And uh, they sound fantastic. And then I, I replaced finally the center channel with a much bigger one, the um, Klipsch C52 and uh, anyways, I, I could talk about uh, audio all day long, but that's that's what I, keeps me from uh, going to the dark side. You know, uh, you, you know, when you have when you're an empath, when you have anxiety, when you have uh, depression, when life isn't going perfect, uh, it can get very easy, exceedingly easy um, to get depressed, get down, get dispirited, um, especially when you have a pain condition. And so I try to, you know, learn new things that allow me to stay relaxed and stay happy and continue learning and growing as a person. And so that's why I love uh, audio uh, stuff. I don't consider myself an audiophile. I'm more of a, you know, just an amateur audio, um, you know, amateur audio connoisseur. You know, I, I just like good sounding headphones and good sounding microphones and good sounding uh, speakers, but I don't have a lot of money. So, you know, I found with Klipsch, um, they're always on sale and they have what's called a low impedance. And what that means is it doesn't take a lot of power for your receiver or your amplifier to push that sound to the speakers. And so with a low impedance of eight ohms, uh, it doesn't require a lot of power to, to have high efficiency speakers at a pretty low cost. And so I, I've, uh, I used to have a buddy that used to live, uh, work for Klipsch. Um, he's no longer with us. He passed away. Um, rest in peace, Dion. But, um, he, he got me into the audio stuff early on. He lived out in California and he actually got a job with Klipsch. And so he was one of the guys that got me involved in, uh, learning how to put together a, uh, car audio system and making subwoofers from scratch. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And once you learn how sound works and por how ports work versus, no ports um, and how you can put chambers inside of a box, et cetera. You can, you under, you start to understand how sound and sound re reverberation works. Um, and it's just fascinating to me, um, you know, and that's why yesterday's podcast uh, or not yesterday, but uh, the last podcast I put out had a little bit of clips and stuff. And it just drove me crazy because I'm all about good sound. Um, but I, but we had such good content. I really wanted you guys to hear that. Um, because I, what, what had happened was, is I plugged my, uh, microphone into a USB 3.0, which is considered super speed. And I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a thing. You guys, <laughs> like, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty good with technology. I'm a quick learner. Uh, I, I've always been good, you know, especially since I worked for the radio station, I know how to, um, troubleshoot and I know how to get down to the bottom of things and redo things and make things work. Right. And it's just you know, good old fashioned horse sense. And so, um, I didn't know what was going on. And so I, I, I finally looked it up and realized, Oh, okay, well maybe that's it. Um, and then I, I thought I was receiving some sound and sibilance again today when I was testing my microphone. Um, 
But so far, it seems pretty good. I, I, I don't know how this is going to come out, but uh, hopefully you guys are hearing me uh, clear as a bell. Uh, if there's any clips or buzzes, uh, I will continue to hunt them down and fix whatever's going on. But I've tried everything. I've updated my drivers. I've um, reset my settings. I've uninstalled and reinst- reinstalled uh, uh, my software. So I've done everything that I can do. Um, so if I'm still having issues, I apologize. I will try to get to that uh, right away because I absolutely cannot stand um, bad sound quality. But um, yeah, so audio and video, it's just a love of mine. I've always been into movies, um, but not enough to, to like dedicate my podcast to it. Like maybe I'll start because I do what's called run reviews where I uh, review on Instagram a movie after I've ran i watch a movie and usually it's a movie i've already seen before because i can't you know run and it can't you know hold my full attention while i'm running because you're you know you're running so it's hard to hear everything and you know so i i usually watch a movie that i've already watched before and then i i review it afterward on on instagram so please come on over to my instagram uh page uh i i love meeting new people and i love uh just the fact that there's nice good kind-hearted, decent people out there who are just down to earth. Um, that gives me hope, you guys. That is what gives me hope. And that is why I do this because regular people is where it's at. Um, you know, you get so tired of these mean-spirited people or all these people that like to think of themselves as better than everybody else. It just gets so old. Um, so yeah, do I like people? Um, yes, I like individuals, but I do not necessarily like people. I have a uh, depression and anxiety. I, I'm set in my ways. Uh, I'm a pretty big, strong guy. I, I don't put up with a lot of shit, uh, but I'm also a kind hearted individual. And I just, I refuse to let the mean spirited people in the world um, ruin my day, you know? And so, yeah, over time you lose a handful of friends, you lose a handful of acquaintances Um uh, you know, I've lost a lot of Facebook friends because they get, you know, rude. You know, you're going through a depressive bout and somebody decides to fuck with you and you're just like, God, what is, the, what is the heck wrong with people? So, you know, you just you do what you can. Um, but, yeah, I I like people when, you know, when they're at their best, you know, and that's why I like uh, the podcast community. Uh, most podcasters are, um, you know, thoughtful people. You know, you can't you can't create content. Uh, if you're just some schlub, you have to be thoughtful. You have to have experience. You have to have some sort of, um, you know, uh, you know, experience at something to be able to talk, you know. And so uh, I've found like the paranormal uh, podcast. Um, there's a bunch that I listen to now and I learned about them through that TV show, uh, uh, Paranormal Caught on Camera. And, and those guys uh, run some really good podcasts. And so while I may never get to their level of, of, uh, you know, fame and quote unquote fortune, <laughs> uh, probably not fortune, but, um, I, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm going to continue doing radio until, um, till I die of natural causes because I love it. I love talking to you guys. Um, I love the sound of my own voice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the podcast community. I'm grateful for, uh, you know, good audio. I'm grateful for the paranormal world and the paranormal community. There's so many interesting and weird things to explore about it. And I will 
get into some more of that on on future podcasts because I've got so much more to tell you guys that are my thoughts, uh, my beliefs as I learn and grow and evolve on the subject. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but um, yeah, I'm very grateful. Um, so what else? Uh, what else am I grateful for? Oh, I'm grateful for my friends and family. I know, boo, that, what a cheesy answer. I'm grateful, you guys, because um, like I said, there are a lot of rude and mean people out there. And a lot of people don't realize that um, when you have fibromyalgia and when you have chronic migraines, you get irritable sometimes. And so a lot of people don't realize how much I struggle on a day-to-day basis. And so when you meet uh, kind-hearted people, um, boy, it, it really helps you out because um, rude people, mean people that just love piling on, uh, God, it can just make life seem so generic. It's so typical of people anymore to be mean and rude and cruel. And so I love people that can behave themselves and be nice and be thoughtful um, there's a lot of good people in the world. And so I've become friends with so many people, especially once I got to the age where, you know, I dropped the attitude. I don't make assumptions about people. I don't judge people. Um, I let people be themselves. I live and let live. And, uh, and there's so many good people in this world. If you just give them a chance and, um, and some of the people that maybe I didn't get along with, maybe we were friends in high school and then maybe later on in your thirties, you didn't get along with them so much because maybe they got a little bit full of themselves or you got full of yourself and then you get older. And the cool thing is, is now that I've been out of high school, 25 years or more, I think 26 years or something like that. Um, all those people that I'm friends with that I used to be friends with were friends again, but now in a much more meaningful way because they're older and a lot of them have, uh, children who are adults now. Um, and so I just, I love my friends and family. My, um, my father passed away. Uh, my grandfather passed away and my grandmother passed away in 1999. My grandfather, uh, passed away in 2006. And then just recently in, um, I think 2018, my grandmother on my father's side passed away and my grandfather passed away, or my father passed away, uh, in 2010. And so the point I'm making is I don't have a lot of family left. I have my mom, thank goodness. I have my aunt uh, who sits around and watches Fox News all day. <laughs> I still love her, but she's she's something else. Um, and uh, and I have uh, you know uh, I have my family on my my wife's side and uh, her parents and her brother and sister. And so that's really my whole real family. I have an uncle. Um, he's He's not here right now. He's he's uh, indisposed, and that's all I'll say about that. But um, uh, he's an old hippie, and uh, I don't know. He's he's made a series of bad dis- decisions lately, and uh, so the the point I'm making is, you know, you can't you can't choose your family. You can pick your nose, and you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friends' nose. I think that's how it goes. But uh, but yeah, so I have uh, just a small amount of family left, and so. Um, I do have cousins. Uh, I have cousins. Uh, one, uh, Pat, he just got out of the Navy and he lives in uh, Florida now with his girlfriend who he met in the Navy. And uh, her name is Cricket, which is a unusually awesome name. Uh, but they're, they're cool people. I like them a lot. Um, but we don't talk a lot. You know, he's way over in Florida. Uh, I do have a cousin up in uh, uh, Vancouver, Washington, which is just across from Portland. 
Um, and he's, he works a lot and he has a kid now and he's going through a divorce right now. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, I think he's got a new girlfriend, but, uh, we don't talk a lot because he's always busy. Um, you know, because my family that, you know, the younger tribe of my family, they're very busy, you know, and they just run, go, 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 go. And so we don't play, we don't catch up a lot. Um, uh, and then I have my cousin, Alexis, she just had a baby. Uh, she also lives in Florida. They used to live in San Francisco and then they moved to San Diego. And then from San Diego, they moved back to Florida. Uh, but she's married to a guy named Ryan and, uh, you know, they had, they just had a new baby and he's a cute little guy. And, uh, I love my family dearly. I wish that, you know, I just wish they would call me more often. I, I I'm one of those people that I used to get offended, uh, when nobody would call me and like, it might be my birthday and I wouldn't even get a text, you know, it's like, all right, fuck you guys, you know? Um, but since then, you know, I've learned that, you know, you can't change people. If people want to be busy and they want to be fly by night, you know, just everybody's different. You know, I happen to have, uh, just strong familial values and not everybody does, um, and so I just try to be there for them. I, I try not to judge. Um, they're all good people. You know what I mean? Um, despite the fact that I wish they would call me or text me more often, um, they're good, they're good folks. And so I've, I've dropped the, um, the attitude, if you will, <laughs> uh, because, you know, that's just how it is when you go in the military, you know, the military, um, teaches you about what's right and what's proper and, uh, being good to family, being close with family is important to me. Um, but you can't ever always get everybody to reciprocate that, you know? Um, and then that brings me to, uh, my, my top tier of friends. Um, I've got my best friend, Craig, he, he works in radio down on the central coast of California. Uh, and then I've got, uh, uh, James, he's one of my best friends, but we were in soccer together uh, as teenagers and, uh, we actually weren't best of friends growing up, but, uh, since then we've become really good friends because we have a lot in common and uh, we share a lot of the same values and uh, a lot of the same politics and whatnot, but he's a really good guy. Uh, and then another James, um, uh, Jim's Jim uh, uh, lives in Sacramento. He's a chiropractor and we had a falling out for a couple of years. He got really rude with me one day and it hurt my feelings. And uh, long story short, we're, we're uh, picking up the pieces and putting them back together. And uh, he's, he's, he and I are doing a lot better. And, and so what's my point? My point is, <clears throat> is that human beings, um, they grow, they change, they grow apart. Um, people get uh, butt hurt very easily nowadays. Uh, once upon a time, myself included. And, uh, you know, I'm just at a point now where I'm just grateful to be alive. You guys, I mean, I don't feel good sometimes. And, uh, sometimes I'm like, God, am I dying? You know, um, but no, you're not dying. You know, it's just life, you know, just keeps on chugging along and you just slowly, slowly get older. And uh, we have to learn how to be, uh, you know, go from young folk to to older folk, to middle aged folk, to old folk, you know, and uh, you can you can age gracefully or you can not age gracefully. And uh, I'm just trying to age gracefully. You know, um, I'm trying to make some modifications in my life. I'm trying to eat less uh, garbage. I'm trying to uh, you know, put more fiber in my diet. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, more sleep. I'm trying to, um, you know, just limit the substances. Uh, you know, I don't drink very much, but I, I'm an occasional drinker. Uh, I smoke a little bit of pot at night, but that's really it because, um, any more than that, uh, you know, you just, you know, you go down that road, uh, of dependency and, uh, that's not where it's at when you, tr when you're trying to stay young. 
and happy and healthy, you know, um, trying, you know, uh, life's hard enough by itself without having a monkey on your back. So just, you know, realize that I'm, I'm not a square. Um, I don't mind going out and having a good time once in a while and, uh, maybe throwing back a few drinks, um, and, and, and occasionally getting, uh, blasted on some, you know, decent marijuana. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, I just smoke a little bit at night, you know, it's just, uh, something to relax, help you sleep. And that's, and that's good. Um, so, so that brings me to one of my other likes and that is animals. Uh, I, I lost my two girls, uh, in 2019, only four months apart. They both died of uh, kidney disease and, uh, man, you guys, I mean, I know they're just cats, but you know, we had Abby, um, since we were together, you know, uh, we had lost, uh, Rebecca's cat, um, uh, kitty, uh, she passed away. And so then we ended up getting Abby together and that was our first pet together. And so she passed away at 15 years of age. And then there was Annabelle. She was a flame point. Oh, and Abby was a tabby, <laughs> Abby, the tabby. Uh, and then, uh, uh, she was a flame point Siamese Annabelle and, uh, she passed away, um, first. And, uh, it really was heart wrenching. You guys, you know, when you're living up here and you're not where exactly you want to be and you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing, and you're just, you feel like you've been making nothing but sacrifices in life and nothing seems to really go your way. Um, and then you lose your, uh, the, the biggest part of your heart, you know, your kids, you know, your, your I call them your crids, your K-R-I-D-S, your crids, because they're your kids, but they're critters. Uh, and yeah, the, it just really hurt a lot, you know. And then we, we lost Abby shortly after because she was, she had gone deaf about two years before she passed away. And so, um, she was having upper respiratory problems and whatnot. And the point is, is that, um, you know, we, I loved my animals and, and then, um, so we got Gouda here and Gouda is the best. I'm looking at her right now. She's laying on the floor here and she is such a sweet girl. And, uh, the, the, these kids, these, uh, critters, these cats, you guys, uh, they just, they warm my heart, you know? And, um, and that's my point is, you know, I love dogs too. I just never had a dog. Um, I've lived with uh, roommates who had dogs and I've taken care of them and stuff and I've taken care of neighbors, dogs and stuff. So I've always been an animal lover and I love dogs. Um, but I never had one because I was always an apartment guy, you know, cause I was a single mom and you know, all that. Um, but it was, it was really hard. You, you know, in, in California you could own cats, but you couldn't own dogs, uh, when you rented. And so, uh, you know, I've just always been a cat guy and, um, I don't know. I just, I love my cat. Um, they just, they're, they're so sweet. They're so innocent. And the thing is, is that they remind me of the innocence of life. You know, that's what it's all about. These little critters, they depend on you to not mistreat them. They depend on you to be good to them. And so I find it an honor and a responsibility to be good to animals. Um, and you know, it, it just helps you see the world from a, from, from childlike eyes, you know, um, it helps you to see the world because they're basically perpetual two-year-olds, you know, and animals, uh, are the, are the best. They're just pure of heart, pure motives. They never have an agenda. And, um, and so that's what it teaches me. It teaches me to keep my heart pure, uh, to not have ulterior motives or agendas to not, to not, you know, just always come correct with people. You know, um, if you're in an irritable mood, you know, keep it to yourself, you know, uh, I try not to take my moods out on people. That doesn't mean I don't get in them. And it doesn't mean I necessarily always like people. I don't like all people. In fact, I hate some fucking people, you know, but 
But I've learned over time uh, to let that shit go, man, because honestly, people nowadays have no fucking sense of humor. And a lot of people just don't have, uh, you know, they don't they don't have the uh, sophistication and the class and the dignity of, 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 you know, good folks, you know, but then there's a lot who are. And so you have to really, really um, try to let go of those people who give you problems and, and embrace the ones who have been there for you. And that's why uh, you guys, my fans, uh, all, all 10 of you, <laughs> all 10 of you have been the greatest man, because, you know, um, I don't know. It's just, you get, you get this, you know, when your numbers aren't growing as big as you'd like, uh, it, it could get really easy to, um, to just get uh, discouraged. And so, so, my pets, my audio, um, my uh, movies, uh, my fitness. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to run. Um, I know a lot of people my age have uh, back problems. I have lower back issues. I get pain in my lower back a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I've, I still have good legs. My, my knees are still working. Uh, and occasionally I, I get sore and I have to put on a, uh, one of those, uh, you know, uh, compression sleeves. Uh, so to keep everything from, you know, uh, you know, it just kind of holds everything in so you don't injure yourself. Um, but I'm very thankful for my fitness. Um, and I'm, that's why I'm, I'm finally at a point where I'm fairly consistent with my running. Now I need to stay more consistent with my weight training. And while I do like it, um, when you've been working out your whole life like me, um, you burn out. You just burn out. You know, um, I looked really good for a long, long time. Uh, and then there, I went through a phase when Rebecca and I met where I got a little bit chubby again. And, uh, so if you look at my wedding pictures, I'm a little on the chunkier side. <laughs> uh, and now I've lost a bunch of weight again and I'm doing pretty good. Um, for my age, I, I think I look pretty good. Um, but, but fitness has been there for me, you know, um, fitness helps you to realize that you're still alive because you wake up and if you haven't, uh, if you don't exercise uh, regularly, uh, you can just feel really dead inside and, and, and feel gloomy and feel old and feel antiquated and feel like you're not relevant anymore. So for, for me, uh, fitness has really, uh, given me a chance to feel young and feel relevant and just feel good about life. When I go for a run, um, unless I'm feeling like trash, um, most of the time when I go for a run, I feel great afterward. It's just, you get that endorphin rush. Uh, and it, it just helps me to uh, stay healthy and feel better about life. Um, because the truth is, you guys, is when you're not when you when you're not in the career you want or you're not making enough money, um, we all have to make compromises. You guys, regular people have to compromise. You know, we have to compromise by taking jobs we don't want. Perhaps we're not getting paid what we want. Uh, perhaps we're renting instead of owning. Um, and so we have to deal with neighbors that we don't want to be around. Um, oftentimes we have to deal with noises and noisy neighbors and problems because we can't afford our own house. And so what is the point? The point I'm making is that regular working class people, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your gender and regardless of your sexuality, we all have to make compromises in this world. And, um, and so I'm just at a point where I'm glad to be recording for you guys. I'm glad to have a, a quiet and peaceful mobile home park to live in. And while it's hardly perfect, um, I'm grateful for the little things, you know, um, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes get impatient. 
Um, sometimes you want the big shit to happen, you know, um, you, you want to get that high paying job. You want to dang it. I need a new, we need a new truck. You know, my truck, um, sometimes it doesn't start. Uh, it's got this issue where, uh, it's a, it's an old Chevy pickup truck. And a lot of times, um, it won't start right away and you have to wait 10 minutes and then finally it starts and it's, it has something to do with the, um, the uh, ignition system connected to the, uh, alarm system anyways it's this weird problem that they can't fix i've taken it in a million times uh and so you know our truck is uh, sometimes a pain in the ass because when we're in a hurry we have to wait 10 minutes and so it just gets old um and that's just what i'm what i mean about living when you live uh, uh when you don't have a lot of money um you have to make a lot of sacrifices and you have to make a lot of adjustments uh to your own uh psyche uh, because it gets real easy to get bitter and it gets real easy to get angry and frustrated. Um, and I used to be, I went through a phase, uh, the last few years where I was very frustrated. And, uh, some might even say I was negative. Um, but no, I, I think I, I like to strike a good balance now between the positive and the negative because there's so much to be grateful for. Um, you know, we're still living on a planet that is, uh, has clean air mostly. Uh, trees and beautiful, uh, you know, the birds are chirping, the sunshine and the, the nice breeze and the beautiful, uh, evenings with the stars. I mean, Hey, you guys, I mean, you got to take, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who live in cities who don't have that. So I really appreciate nature and, uh, getting back to nature and going on our hikes and our camping trips. Um, so yeah, I'm just very grateful for what I have, even though I don't have a lot. Um, what I have is a beautiful wife, a, a absolutely uh, amazing little uh, cat, a mom that uh, is helpful to me and, and kind, uh, an, an aunt who we don't agree on a lot when it comes to uh, politics, but she's a nice lady. And so while maybe a little bit uh, not my wheelhouse in terms of politics, um, she lives here and, and she's, she's quiet and she's helpful and uh, we all get along and we help each other. And that's what family's all about. You know, um, a lot of countries, most countries, uh, people live together. You know, you might have three generations living together. You've got the grandkids and then you've got the adults and then you've got, you know, uh, the, the, the elderly all living together in a home. Uh, that's very common in Scotland, uh, parts of Europe, uh, very common in uh, South America and, um, living with your mother and father while embarrassing in the Western countries, uh, especially in America, uh, is not a big deal uh, in a lot of other countries. And so while uh, I would prefer to eventually move out into my own brand new house, um, I'm very grateful that I get to keep an eye on my family and to look out for them and look out for their safety and look out for their uh, well-being. Uh, that's important to me. And so uh, I know someday uh, things will get better. Um, but yeah, I get impatient. And uh, people nowadays in the country nowadays can be mighty mean and, and cruel and rude. Uh, and that, yeah, it pisses me off. I, you know, I, I've, I've stood up to a few people in the past and I've become a jerk before, um, but usually only people that deserve it, you know. Um, but, but that's, that's the thing about like having attitude, having more gratitude than attitude is that it's easy to have attitude. It's easy to adopt a uh, spoiled, rotten attitudes of perfection, 
a lot of Karens out there. Sorry if your name is Karen. You know what I mean. But a lot of Karens out there just angry. And you got the mask holes out there. And everybody's, I want my country back. Oh, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Most people nowadays, guys, we are in a country that is um, losing its middle class. Uh, the jobs aren't as plenty plentiful as they used to be. And so we, what I advise most people is to be grateful for what you have. Continue to, um, you know, keep one, several irons in the fire. You know, that way you've got your real life stuff you're doing. And then you've got your stuff that you do uh, like me, you know, like my, I got, you know, my part-time job and then I've got my, um, uh, this is my podcast slash comedy slash voice acting. Uh, and then, and then I also keep my eye on, uh, what I can do in terms of owning a restaurant or a little eatery around here. So, so never give up on your dreams. Just slowly make progress towards your goals and just stay gra- grateful because you guys, you know, you never know when, uh, the Grim Reaper is going to come and take you, you know, um, I'd like to think that, you know, I used to think that I was going to live forever. And now that I'm getting older, I've had a few times where I thought, oh, my God, this is it. This is the big one, Elizabeth. Um, you know, I, this is the biggest one I ever had. You know, big. you think you're going to, you know, uh, die, you know. Um, and, and thankfully, I, I, I did not. But um, the point is, is that you don't know how many days you have left on this earth, you guys. And you just... You got to appreciate it, man. You really got to appreciate it. And so there's this like fine line between taking life too seriously and taking yourself too seriously and then just simply not taking your life or yourself seriously enough. You, you know, you have to have just enough ego to believe in yourself, but not so much ego that you become full of yourself. You know what I mean? Because um, this world, you know, if you don't go out and get yours, somebody else is going to come and get what you want. You know, so you could put yourself in a position uh, like myself, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be uh, Joe Rogan's replacement someday. You never know. Hey, I'm just saying you never know. You know, when he's when he finally has had enough of the of the podcasting life, he's got enough money now. He he'll retire someday and somebody's got to fill that slot. So why not me? Why not me? Why? Because I'm an empath. Eh, I can I can I can tone that part down <laughs> anyways. So that's what this is about. It's all about gratitude, you guys. Um, life is terribly taxing. Uh, regular working people have it rough. And so try not to give each other a hard time. You know, treat your grocery store workers and your retail workers good. Uh, they have a tough job. Um, uh, minimum wage earners in this world deserve a living wage. They deserve dignity and respect. And there's a lot of people who think, well, if 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 we give our McDonald's workers $15 an hour, then they'll be making as much as me almost. Well, so what? You know, because the one thing you don't realize is that oftentimes what happens is that when you lower, when you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour and say you're a nurse or an EMT or a radiologist or I don't know, whatever, right? And you're making $15, $16 an hour. Well, guess what? I'll bet you in a couple of years time, you'll be making $17, $18, $19 an hour for that uh, cost of living adjustment. So when we when we think about uh, helping this country, um, you know, we've already proven that a top uh, Reaganomics does not work. So for, for the Republican Party to say that um, we have to 
you know, uh, give tax breaks to the rich and we have to give all the money to the top. And hopefully some of that will trickle down to us. The only thing trickling down to us, you guys, is urine. Sorry to say it. Um, what works better is a um, middle class and out system where if we create a robust middle class, and that is people making anywhere nowadays from $30,000 a year to, oh, I don't know, 100, 120,000 a year. Uh, that is our middle class. That pretty much uh, uh, encompasses, I would say, 80 to 90% of the country, probably 80, 90% of the world. Um, but if we have a robust middle class, that helps everybody because uh, that helps uh, lower wage earners uh, get raises when they need them. Uh, that helps uh, the wealthy industries uh, maintain their wealth. And so when you create a robust middle class, you are creating a, 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 a promising future for society for generations to come. And so we have to get away from, uh, you know, Amazon and Walmart and Costco and all these multi-billion dollar corporations having all the money and having all the clout, you know, and Facebook and, um, uh, that dipshit, what's his name? <laughs> Whatever his name is. Uh, anyway, you know, the Facebook guy. Uh, those guys, I'm, I hate to break it to you, man, but they are not humanitarians. They are not humanitarians. They do not care whether or not you're living in absolute poverty and squalor. And so we have to give uh, breaks and opportunities to regular folks. And uh, I think we're getting there. Um Thank goodness Joe Biden won the presidency. I don't think Trump cares about anybody, let alone the middle class or the poor. Um, and so the Republican Party, you know, you may be a conservative and you're like, hey, I don't like all this socialist stuff and blah, blah, blah. And hey, all right, fair enough point. But but are you for fascism? Because you seem to be for fascism. And so my point is, is if you're conservative, but you're rooting for this uh, Republican Party, then you are a part of the problem because you're not seeing what they're doing. This Republican Party does not want uh, tax breaks uh, for regular people. They do not want uh, opportunities for regular people. And why is that? Well, think about it, you guys. When you create opportunities for regular people, those people could eventually become wealthy. And once they become wealthy, they can become powerful. And once they become powerful, they become competition, right? So... That's what they're trying to do is keep everybody poor, keep everybody, uh, you know, uneducated, keep everybody simple so that they depend on those leaders. You know, when you keep people in the dark and, and keep shoveling them nothing but shit, uh, you keep them, you, you treat them like a mushroom, you know, and, uh, and here you only get this much sunlight and here you only get this much water and here you only get this much money. When you do that long enough, people start becoming, um, dependent on, uh, those wealthy leaders. And so what we have to start doing is creating a culture uh, where they're still wealthy and they're still poor, but it's not nearly as bad. When you have a robust middle class, uh, you, you create um, green technologies uh, for this planet. Uh, you know, we need to start converting the old fossil fuels over and you do it over generations. So it doesn't really sting as bad if, as if you did it all in one or two years. You do it over like 20, 25 years. And that way, 
you you have a slow progression to the greener technologies and that's going to create so many jobs and and then as far as automation is concerned because that's the other thing is a lot of people are worried about uh, automation taking uh, regular people's jobs and so what has to happen there is uh, instead of becoming a manual laborer um, that automation is going to create robotics and uh, mass production and so the jobs will take jobs away from people, but it will start creating more jobs uh, in uh, automation and computers and robotics and all those higher, uh, you know, engineering type jobs. And so um, we need to create uh, more uh, college opportunities for poor people and regular people so that they can get uh, de- uh, their degrees in uh, electric- electrical or uh, computer engineering and things like that. And then uh, they will be in the prime position once uh, automation takes off. Uh, there will be uh, their choice of jobs to, to have. And so we have to start thinking about uh, how we, you know, because listen, you guys, I mean, you guys, if you're old enough, in 2008, we had this massive uh, recession and uh, everybody tried to blame Obama for it. But everybody knew that it was it happened under the watch of George Bush uh, W. And uh, and while we don't know exactly what his role in it was, uh, they tried to, you know, they gave us all three and six hundred dollar checks to sort of keep the economy stable uh, until the election. And then once the election happened, the bubble burst. Obama got all the blame. But then Obama did a bunch of unprecedented things to uh, keep our uh, economy thriving, including saving and bailing out uh, General Motors and uh, and while a lot of people said let him fail, etc., um, you know, because I bought my truck from right after the recession, and I had nothing but issues with that truck. So did the quality go down during that time? It absolutely did. But my point is, is that you got to save that industry because um, that's a, a staple of American ingenuity, and to let it fail uh, means that we can't be uh, competitive on the uh, global market with you know automobile uh, uh, manufacturing. So my point is that in order to create a world that's going to continue to be bold and continue to thrive and continue to be prosperous for regular folks out there, we have got to um, start taxing the wealthy, their fair share. We have got to start creating opportunities, whether that be educational opportunities or uh, simply uh, job opportunities for regular people. Once you do that, those people can become educated and those educated people will know better than to vote for people like Donald Trump because that's what it is, you guys. I hate to break it that way, but more people than not vote Republican because they're simply ignorant or they're just turned off by the woke left. And I get it, but you guys, uh, there's really only one sustainable choice these days. Um, and, and I don't want to get preachy because that's not who I am. Uh, but we have got to uh, get this Republican Party the fuck out of here. Trumpism is a, a stain on on our culture. Uh, and and it's, it's fascistic. It's moronic. Um, and it's elitist. And that's the problem is that, you know, when you support the Republican Party nowadays, you are supporting elitism. You are supporting, uh, you know, People domineering and dominating uh, all of our markets in order to uh, keep people uneducated, to keep people poor, and uh, to keep 
restricting voter rights, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on. And while I, there is a case to be made for a good version of conservatism, uh, I don't think we're seeing it in today's Republican Party. I'm sure someday, hopefully it will come back. Um, and that's not to say that I love Democrats. I, I'm nonpartisan. I, I do not. Uh, I had to uh, register as a Democrat in order to vote, but I do not do not consider myself a Democrat. It's just that in this state, you have to register as a Republican or a Democrat in order to even vote. So I, of course, registered as a Democrat. But the truth is, is that I am not a Democrat. I'm not even, a, you know, I'm not a socialist. Um, I am simply a person that believes that regular, regular people do better when uh the wealthy pay their fair share and uh, contribute to this planet. You know, you don't just use up all the resources and then not create jobs and not create opportunities. I mean, they, if everybody pitched in uh, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, if we all pitched in and had a fairer system um, and, and got rid of the corruption and got rid of the systemic uh, elitism, uh, we could create a society that, Rich people can still be rich. Poor people will be poor, but at least they won't be starving. And then there's going to be a big, giant, massive middle class. And that's what I'm all about. Anyways, that's what I have today, you guys. I am excruciatingly grateful for you. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for the little things. And yeah, I don't always like people. And I don't always like my circumstances. And I get impatient. And I get tired of uh, the nonsense and the mean-spiritedness and the cruelness. Um, but that being said, uh, you have to learn how to filter out the bad. And you just have to go with the flow and keep several irons in the fire, you guys. Um, <clears throat> whenever you're, uh, you know, don't don't make silly decisions. You know, it's so easy nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to become an English major. And you just go full boat, boat into that. And then three, four or five years later, you get that, that degree and you get out there and you realize, ah, oh, shit, now I have to get my teaching credentials because there's no money in being an English major. And in fact, I was an English major. So I, I can tell you from experience, I had to change majors because there's no good jobs in it unless you plan on being a teacher. So, you know, you can get that liberal arts diploma. You can get that, uh, you know, degree in, uh, you know, Latin or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you guys, this is a perfect time to... um you know, you don't have to lose your sense of whimsy. You don't have to lose your sense of uh, of magical thinking. But you have you can keep your head in the clouds, but you have to stay grounded. You, you know, you can you can maintain uh, have an open mind, but don't let your brain fall out of your head. And the way you do that is by you know just using common sense. You know, uh, research what you're doing before you go into something. Never go into something full boat until you know what you've done. Because that's what I did. You know, I. I, I, I decided I was going to be a chiropractor before I even knew I liked it. And then I went to culinary school and, you know, paid 50 grand uh, for my culinary degree before I even knew how I was going to pay for it. Got myself in a bunch of trouble, got burnt out as a chef, went into, uh, you know, a, a phlebotomy and uh, went into EMT work, did that for a while, uh, saw some really good stuff and some really, really bad stuff. And that's the story for another time. Uh, but it, it doesn't pay very well. And uh, and so even though I didn't pay a lot to become an EMT, uh, the job doesn't pay well. And you see a lot of really uh, hard and difficult things, especially as an empath. Uh, and so then I got into phlebotomy and I worked for a blood center for a time. 
And I made okay money then, um, but uh, it was a for-profit blood center. It wasn't the Red Cross. And you got to see the the, the ugly sausage making of blood. <laughs> really, you know, you, you don't realize it, but the for-profit blood is an industry, just like for-profit uh, anything, you know, it's like big pharma. It's big blood, you know, and uh, there's all these rules and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, and that's why if you support uh, blood centers, uh, support uh, the Red Cross, because it's usually not for profit. Um, and usually uh, it's not about um, only creating uh, blood for your own uh, profits. It's it's it maintaining a blood supply uh, so that if anything happens, uh, it'll be there for accident victims and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So um, while I do believe that giving blood is a great thing, please give blood. Um, make sure you do it to a non-profit place. Those profit uh, places, uh, the woman that I worked for, she drove around in a Mercedes Benz and went, came in every day in a mink stool. So uh, I don't, maybe she's making just a little bit too money, much money for, for being, quote unquote, a, uh, a part of the medical community for my taste. You know, because it's not being being in medicine shouldn't be about the wealth. Doctors shouldn't be getting wealthy. Um, and it shouldn't be all about the money. Um, you know, if you got to, you know, you make good money, that's one thing that's happenstance. But when you go in just for the money and you stop doing it for the people and you stop doing it for the humanitarian aid, uh, that's when it becomes an industry. And that's when it becomes a for profit uh, racket. And that's when it becomes, uh, you know, no longer connected to something good and pure. And so that's what I would recommend is anything you do in life, do it for the right reasons Stay true to yourself. Stay true to your humility and your humanity. Stay humble, but believe in yourself. You guys, this world will kick you and poke you and prod you and tell you you're stupid and tell you you're ugly. You are not. You are a good person. And I know that for a fact because uh, you've got good taste in podcasts. <laughs> and uh, no, man, this world, you got this one life. Live it up and make it bold and make it make it the best life you can. And that's what I have for today. And I want to thank you guys for listening to my rambling. Uh, this is just a big old episode about what I'm grateful for and uh, what keeps me happy in this world. And uh, you guys keep me happy. My kitty cats keep me happy. And uh, audio and stereos and, uh, you know, just learning new things uh, and, and, and my fitness and running. Um, there's more things that keep me happy. But that's those are the things that really, really keep me happy. Uh, when I'm having a bad day, I can always uh, turn on a movie or I can uh, put in a, a, some music. Chris Cornell is my absolute favorite musician of all time. Uh, Metallica is one of my favorites. And while a lot of people say they're not as hardcore as they used to be, I don't care. I still love them. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you next week. I love you. Happy Friday. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Love you.